Heavenly Father, we thank you. We, we are so grateful, Lord, to you for who you are and what you have done. Your love endures forever. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. This morning, we come closer to you, Lord, to listen to your word. And we pray, Lord, that may the Holy Spirit breathe in us and just give us that hunger and expectation for more from you. Thank you, Father, for your table is full of nice food today. And we pray that we may enjoy it for the nourishment of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Uh, this morning, I, I want to share the word with you and... It was the preacher of today's line of thought as well, and mind that the word should be shared. The, the the same line of thought for which from which I'm going to share with you, and the title for today is "What if God will not?" What if God will not? Just think about that a little bit. We know, and, and the scripture does not say, what if God, I mean, the, the title is not saying, what if God cannot? But it is saying, what if God will not? Because can is a sign of impossibility. It's a sign of, uh, he can't because it is too much. Maybe it is too complicated. So it's not about it being complex, it's about will. What if God will not? Um, but the Bible says there's nothing is too hard for God. All things are possible. God can do so much beyond our expectation, beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can even comprehend or understand. So, but it doesn't mean that God is able to do Everything at the same time just because we have asked. Just because we have required or just because there is need for us to have those things. God does things that are good for you and me, that are best for you and me. Certain things we may not understand why God would not do them, but there is a good reason for why God would not do them at a time when you need them. And a good example is of Jesus in that garden after going through that passion night and, and looking at what will happen to him. It was so much his will that God take away the cross from him. That God should take away the pain from him. But that was not God's will. God would have. God always has a way out. God always has 10,000 ways or 10 million ways of solving one problem that we face. But God chose to do it that way. And with Jesus aligning himself to fulfilling God's will, today we see salvation of thousands of us. Today we are saved. Today we run to him. Today we receive. Uh, we are sons and daughters of God in the kingdom of God because one man decided to align his will with God's will. All right? So, and, and I want to think into this, what if God will not? Can, uh, the proposition is, can God still be trusted? If God will not, can God still be trusted? 
If God does not do all those things that you have declared on your heart or the things that you would love him to do, can you still trust God? So we live in a time in the world where faith should and must at all time, you know, bring hearts positive expectations, you know? Uh, what I mean is oftentimes these dec- uh, the faith that we, we, we have and the expectation are accompanied by declarations or decrees. We, we have declarations, probably you've heard about declarations that, that are in the Bible and maybe the declarations that we ourselves make. Declarations like uh, the one that we find in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Psalm 118 and verse 17, which says, I will not die, but I will live to declare the goodness of God, to declare the works of the Lord. The question is, what if one does not live but end up dying? Can God still be trusted? We live in a time where declarations of faith and decrees bring about, must bring about positive de- uh, uh, outcomes or expectations. At times, we live in a time where our faith towards God must bring positivity, must bring good things only from the Lord. And if bad things come, then Our faith is shaken in the Lord. The question is, if God will not, can God still be trusted? Maybe you've heard about uh, the decrees. uh, There is a statement in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, which says, Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them. Right? You've heard about that? Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them. And we, we go on and claim and declare it is well with me. It shall be well with me. Yes, that is so good. That is okay. That is God's desire and that is God's intent. The question is, what if it does not go well? Can God still be trusted? If it does not go well with you, if things don't go as expected, can God still be trusted? Can God still be trusted? Decrees like uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, where God says, I know the plans, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts to give you good life, to give you future and expected end. What if we do not receive the anticipated end? Can God still be trusted? What if things don't come our way at a time that we need them to come? What if things don't go in the same way that we want them to go? Can God still be trusted? Can you still trust God? If things don't go your way. I remember many years ago, uh, 11 years ago to be precise, I was, I was in a Bible college studying. Uh, before I went to the Bible college, I had a conviction, I had a dream and that passion. And God was leading me to that. I quit my job. I had to go and, uh, and, and follow what God wanted me to do and follow the passion. And I was in the Bible college in this university and I was, I was studying. So when I went there, because God had made everything so good for me, I, I went there on a scholarship. There was, uh, in, that, in that year, in 2010, 
there was a scholarship uh, coming from Denmark at that Bible college. So I went to the Congo DRC to connect up with this man, uh, Dr. Dr. Mulopwe, and he connected me to the scholarship that was coming from Denmark, and I, I was at the Bible college. And in 2010, in the first, first term, first year, I was new there, and I was excited because I had a 100% scholarship. So I was there. Before I finished the term, there, was, uh, there were some economical problems in that land where, in Denmark, where there was this, the scholarship was coming. You know, I was there, I was bored, I was declaring what God can do, and my mind was so geared, and I had zero quacha on me. And then before the term was even in the middle, just like a month and a half on the way, my scholarship was terminated. Not only for me, for everyone, we were told there is no more scholarship because the, where the scholarship was coming from, they can't continue. The sponsors can't continue with the scholarship. So you guys have to fend for yourselves. <laughs> you have to pay for yourself because... Then I went to God and I was asking like, God, but what? When I came here, we had made an agreement that I'm coming to come and, and learn this so that I would be able to save you. And, there was, and I had all my defense right ready to be able to fire at God and like, why have you done this? What do I do? But you have to know that before that, though it was a tradition, we had what we called confession time. Possession time. That's what we call it. Somebody would stand and say, would stand and say confession time. And everyone in the house would say, possession time. And then the confession was, uh, we had confession that I will do whatever he wants me to do. I will go wherever he tells me to do, to go. His will is my will. My heart is broken for what breaks his. You know, there were all these confessions and possession time. And we we'll raise up our faith as we declared and confessed. About, about what God is about to do. I will take the nations and how we are ready to suffer for him. But you know, a few weeks down the line, my scholarship is terminated. And the question is, God, where are you? Can I even hear you, God? Are you even with me? You begin to question even the calling. Did I even hear God in the first place? Or this is my own doing and my own making. Have you been at a point where you begin to question even what you believe in because things are bad? In that moment, can God still be trusted? Can you still trust God? I remember I was, I was sent away. I was thrown out of school in that 2010. Like, you have to go and find money in order to come and, you know, and finish this. Uh, to come and continue with studies because we don't have how to travel back. We had to send mails and all those things. Long story short, I had to go through that, uh, that detour to begin to trust God afresh. Not because there is something promised at hand, but because God is able to do what he says he will. At a time that is convenient, at a time that is right. At a right time, right season, God will make all things beautiful. But you have to endure, you have to believe. Not because God can do it. Are you able to trust God because he's good? Not because he has promised you that he'll be able to do something good to you. I remember going, I had to come in Indola here in Chifubu and, and started ministry and continued with church and 
like while waiting upon the Lord. Long story short, many doors were opened and things happened in different ways. I had to start preaching and doing conferences in places and have an honorarium to go and pay my school fees. And later on, I started working as a night guard. As a guard, weekends, I would work as a security guard. At the college, I would man the gate every weekend in order for me to have a subsidized tuition phase. And all that, and it worked really good. Security guard today, pastor, I completed that college. Not only that, I had to complete bachelor's degree later on. I had to complete honors degrees. I had to complete master's. And it was, the, the list is endless, but it started with God being able to remove something that I was holding on to. I was trusting God because there was something to trust him for. But can you trust God even when everything, has, uh, even things, when things have gone totally in a different direction? I want to tell you God can still be trusted. God can still be trusted. All these decrees and and all this can be true with the will of God. But you know what? If things don't go well, if you trust God because he has to do this and that and that for you. If things don't go well, that's where we see Christians going back on their faith, backsliding from their faith. We see Christians beginning to compromise because God did not do this and that. We see other people going back to drugs and beginning to abuse drugs because God disappointed them according to them. We see other people going to beer drinking. We see people even becoming atheists and no longer they deny the Lord. And you know all these as a result, these sad, sad results, they come from heart's expectations that are not met. Could it be? Because we don't believe right? Could it be because we trust God to do this and that and that and that? And then when those expectations are not made, we feel like God is not real. We feel like God is not loving. We feel like God is not kind. Somebody said, if God is real, if God is there, why did he not heal my daughter? Why did he not heal my father? Why did he allow that and that and that to happen? Well, somebody answered that question to say, uh, when you say, where was God when this and that and that happened? Uh, it's kind of a joke. But somebody said, and God says, I am exactly where I was when I was looking down on earth and watched my son being nailed to the cross. But I had to let it happen so that many people will benefit from his pain. Can good come out of bad situations? Can good come out of painful situations? Can good come out of uh, the confusion of life and when things don't go your way? Is there good in that? Well, Paul says to the Romans 8.28, he says, for we know that in all things God works together for good. Are we able to see good when things are going bad? Are we able to see God in terrible, in bad times, in, in bad situations? Are we able to see that God is still God? Can God still be trusted? When things don't go our way, Job says this to 
uh, to, to the wife when he was, Job was a righteous man and God himself declares that God is the righteous man in the land of Ur. And this man fears the Lord, honors the Lord. But things went wrong with Job. The enemy came over and just scattered everything. Friends and the wife and other people around said, Job, just kiss your God that you may die quickly. Then Job says this, Job says in chapter 2 verse 10, should we only expect good things from God? Never anything bad. If something does not go uh, in my way, how I wish them to go, does that mean that God is not God? Does that mean that God is not good? Church, this God can be trusted. Things may not always go our way, but God must remain God. Hallelujah. God remains God. He is supreme. He is above all. He knows it all. He is in control. He is in charge. God is still God. We have to trust him no matter what. We have to trust God no matter what. It does not matter what situations may surround us. Today there may be one thing. Tomorrow there will be another thing. Actually, the Bible has narrated so many things, bad things that will happen to good people, right? It says, though you go through the fire, that's God saying, though you go through the fire, I will be with you. Though you go through the waters, I will be with you. Though you go through persecutions, I, and Jesus says, you receive good things in this life, but you also receive persecution. You know, he doesn't only promise nice, rosy things to happen. He says bad things will come and they'll happen, but there's one assurance. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always, not I will be. He says, I am always with you. God is always with us. He is with you. When we confess, when we possess, when we declare, if things don't go our way, that should not be the reason enough to make us deny our faith, to make us kill, and, and to make us even uh, doubt what God can do. Because God is good. Last week, my, my father-in-law, uh, Pastor Ngoi, and the, the wife, my mother-in-law now, she lost her brother, she, lo she, lost, she lost the brother, uh, the last born in the family. But before that, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law came together and prayed. They were praying that God would be able to heal him. You know, they released faith that you can not possibly imagine. The amount of faith released that this, the young brother to my mother-in-law should get well. But he died. After believing, after praying hard, he died. Does that mean God is not good? God is good. But we have to ask our question, ourselves questions, what if God will not? If God does not heal, does it make him not a healer? If God does not save, does it make him not a savior? What if God will not? What if God does not? Are we able to stand strong? 
Are we able to stand on our faith and still declare to the people that God is well? Are we still able to stand and say, it is well, it is well. God is in charge. God is the master of my life. Even when things don't go your way, only the mature in faith will stand strong even in the bad times. That's why God, uh, Job said, can we trust only good things that comes from the Lord? Can we only receive good things about if things don't go our way? All things work together for good to those who love God. But you have to know that we have to stand the process. We have to trust God even in the process of life. We have to trust God even in the process of that healing. We have to trust God in the process of that court case. We have to trust God in the process of that economic collapse, in that hardship, in that confusion, in that conflict. We still have to trust God and work together with God. Because he has promised to be with us and God is still with us. We are not, no one is a master of their own destiny. No one is a master of their own future or tomorrow. For we don't even know what tomorrow brings. But if we trust in the Lord, the Bible says those who trust in God, they are like Mount, Mount Lebanon, right? They are like, like the mountains that surround Jerusalem. These mountains cannot be shaken. They are there to, forever, standing strong. Those who trust in the Lord. Actually, the Bible says in Isaiah, those who trust and wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. You can only renew something that is being depleted. You can only renew something that is getting old, that is getting weak. The Bible said they will renew their strength. And it says the youths even can grow weak. The mighty ones can even faint. But those who wait upon the Lord, they will rise up on their wings like eagles. In due time, in due season, they will walk, they will run, and they will not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord. In this time and generation, we are in a season, we are, we are in a time and a generation where we want everything quick. Quick food, quick answers, quick healing, quick wives, quick husbands, quick jobs, quick education. Everything is at the palm of our hands. We don't want to wait the process. We don't want to endure and wait upon the Lord. We don't want to take our time. And when we rush, we end up crushing. Are we able to wait upon the Lord? Even when it takes long, can we still stand and say, God, I wait upon the Lord. I will keep my watch until when the salvation of the Lord comes my way. This God can be trusted. This God can be trusted. I was, I was, I was chatting with my father-in-law, who was supposed to be the preacher today. He was geared, has been has prepared the whole time to come and, and speak today to us. Uh, you know, they lost the, bro the brother last week. And, 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 uh, and yes, yesterday, is it yesterday? Yesterday they received the bad news that... Uh, my, my, my mother-in-law who lost the brother now lost the mother's younger sister yesterday. They can't come. And uh, in the turn of the night this morning, my mother-in-law felt so sick such that they had to rush, they had to go to the hospital as we speak. 
He couldn't come. Then he was like, yeah, can God still be trusted? I was asking him, can God still be trusted? He's like, this God can still be trusted. Hallelujah. This God can still be trusted. The apostles, Jesus' disciples, who deserved to have had good life, to live better, they end up dying terrible deaths. God allowed it so that faith could reach this far end to you and me. All things work together for good. But can we see good when things are not working together our way? This God can still be trusted. And here are my three reasons why this God can still be trusted. The first one being that God grants us his presence. And in the presence of God, we have everything. Uh, in Acts chapter 2 verse 25, this is what King David says. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. They are quoting what King David is saying. And in NLT, he says, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. This was David. is also quoting what Moses is saying. Moses said, I hear him. It was a time Moses is explaining to his father-in-law, Laban. Right? Yeah, and, and, and then he's saying that, I hear God. He is with me. He talks to me face to face like a man speaks to his friend. I hear him. His presence is with us. Moses was speaking to his father-in-law. His presence is with us. God is with me. He's always with me. And David also says, his presence is always with me. He heals me. He saves me. He delivers me. I feel him. I don't feel alone or forsaken, but I feel that I am with him. Jesus also promises that I will be with you to the end of the world. God is good because he is the only person, he is the only friend that sticks closer to you and I than a brother. We, they say a brother in trouble, a friend in trouble is a good friend indeed, isn't it? But there is only a certain extent or limit to where, to which friends can help. But you know, with this God, the Bible says, even when we die, he is closer with us. Actually, away from this body is to be closer with God in the spirit. This God can be trusted because his friendship does not end with death. Imagine there's something so great in this life, and that is called marriage, because it's a union, it's friendship for, for, for life, right? But you know that it only comes to this limit. When I die, because we declare, until death do us what? So death can part that loving relationship. But with God, this loving relationship, it says that I will never leave you, nor forsake you. It is forever. It's eternity. God still loves us. His presence will be with us if we die knowing and loving God. We are assured of eternity. This God can be trusted because his presence is with us. What does God's presence do? His presence sustains us. His presence drives out fear. When you know that you are with a strong man walking at, at night, 
Will you be afraid of anything? Actually, you'll be shouting and making noise as you are walking because you know this man or this friend, he's strong. He can protect you, right? In Bemba, there is a saying that says, a person who knows that he's got a father and a strong support can stand on, the to on top of the anthill and shout to the whole community because he knows that when I descend from the anthill, I have a strong backup. I shouldn't say that in Bemba, but that's how close I can explain it in English. When we know that God is with us, we'll fear nothing. We will fear nothing. When we go, we know that God's presence is with us. We know that we have all that we need for this life and our spiritual life. God is good. And his presence is always with us. There's something that is said about Joseph in the Bible. There's a recurring statement about Joseph. And the statement is, and the Lord was with Joseph. When his brothers hurted him and threw him, threw him in the dungeon, the Bible says, and God was with Joseph. He created a situation such that the slave traders had to pass that way to just come and buy him out of the dungeon. They took him in the house of Potiphar. The Bible says, and Potiphar's wife, you know, developed here an evil intention that could create even death, danger for Joseph. The Bible says they got him and still God was with Joseph. Then God created a situation because that home environment was not good for Joseph. God created a prison environment, Potiphar, through Joseph in the prison. But even in the prison, the Bible says, and God was with Joseph. From prison, he became the second in command in Egypt. He became a governor, whatever position was. And God was still with Joseph. He had favor with God and all people. His presence removes our fear. God's presence sustains us. Even in tough times. Even in times of loss. Even in times of grief even in times of sicknesses, and even in times of whatever it could be painful situation, if we hold on to the Lord, we will mourn, we will cry, it will be painful, but with hope in our hearts, knowing that God is still good. So this God can still be trusted. It doesn't matter what happens. COVID may come wave after wave, one wave another. Economic hardship, financial hardship, loss of jobs and education and scholarship. All these things are bound to come. So many things, bad things can happen in this life, brothers and sisters. But you have to know that this God should always be trusted. This God should be trusted when your job is paying well. This God should be trusted when your job is not paying well. This God should be trusted when your marriage is doing well. This God should still be trusted when your marriage is not doing well. This God should be trusted when your kids are obedient and doing well. This God should still be trusted when they are not. This God should be trusted when you are on the mountaintop. You are smiling and your face is, is shining, is radiant with light and joy. This God should still be trusted when you confine yourself to your bed and cry and mourn because you are hurt, you are disappointed, you are broken. This God 
still should be trusted because he knows good plans for you and me. He's got good intention, good end for you and me. This God should still be trusted. The world will lie to us that where is your God? If God is God, why is there no good? Tell them, even out of bad, his glory is still made manifest. Even out of good, still his glory is still made manifest. God is good. The other reason why God should be trusted is because God grants us peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, You will keep me in perfect peace and all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. From NIV it says, You will keep in perfect peace those who my, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. God grants us perfect peace. The kind of peace I'm talking about I could spend the whole year talking about it. It's not a peace that comes with having more money. It's not the kind of peace that comes with having good friends. It's not a peace that comes with having things working your way. Whether they are working your way, you have more money, you have less money, you are sick or you are healthy and good. This kind of peace I'm talking about, it's an internal peace that brings satisfaction. That makes you feel content. That makes you feel good even when you don't have food on your table. This is a kind of peace that makes you hope for the better tomorrow. Even when you don't have a job. Even when things are not going well. Even when you are afraid you don't know what happens tomorrow. The kind of peace I'm talking about gives you the inner stamina, the inner strength to face what comes your way. This peace comes from God. The Bible talks about it as shalom. It's a shalom we are talking about. We are talking about the internal peace. We're talking about, we're talking about uh, health, happiness, well-being. We're talking about this peace that brings satisfaction to the inner person in you. We have three people, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They said God can be trusted whether we are thrown in the fire or not. We will trust in our God. He's the deliverer. And they say, even when he does not, if he chooses not to deliver us out of your hands, out of the fire, we will die trusting God. Are we able to have that confession as Christians today? To trust God, even when things don't go our way. Here's my last reason why God should be trusted. Because God grants us his grace. Do you know what this grace is? The Greeks call it charis, the unmerited favor. It qualifies the disqualified, the unqualified, the foolishness of this world, the people that are not even regarded as anything to community and families, the people who do not even have educational qualifications for their voice to matter, the people who are not even the most wise with high IQs in this life. It doesn't matter. You may have high IQs. You may have low <laughs> IQs. But the grace of God qualifies you still for something big. 
You may come from a well-to-do family. You may come from a, a, a least com- community or compound. Still, God's grace qualifies you for a greater future. This grace of God, it makes others to become kings and it removes others from kingship. It makes those who do not even have a trace of a greater future because of the history of the family to rewrite history, to rewrite the future. To give a name to the family. We have examples in the Bible of families that were not known. We knew them through certain people like David, the shepherd boy. People like Joseph, the man in prison. And so many, many other people. God can still use us. He is good because his grace qualifies us. Not only does the grace of God qualifies us, through the grace of God, we are saved. We are saved by grace through faith in the death and life and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without grace, you and I will have to pay a high price. How many of you owns even one cow here? How many of you owns an animal? Not good animals like cats and dogs. I I mean like some animals you can eat. None of us probably do. It means that you could not even be forgiven because you have to give a sacrifice for your sin every day. And if you do not, you die with leprosy. You are thrown out of the city. You can't get in the church. But look, the, go- the grace of God qualifies you to be called a child and a, a son and a daughter of God. Grace saves. Not only does grace do that, grace pardons our sins. Huh. It is grace that is saying that, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Actually, grace is saying that I paid for their debts. They are free. They are washed with my blood. Grace is Jesus Christ. This grace is a person. It comes from him. Only through him can we be saved. So God can be trusted. This God can still be trusted. Paul suffered with so many things in his body called the flame. Uh, the thorn in the flesh. And God said, well, my son, I'm not removing it, but my grace is sufficient for you. So God may choose to remove whatever you are going through in life, or God may choose to make you strong because he trusts that you are stronger than whatever you are going through. If you were weak at all, if God knew that you are nothing, you can't do, you amount to nothing and all that, he wouldn't allow you. He wouldn't But you know what? If you did not have those hardships or situations you are going through, then you would not grow. There is no growth without all these things that we go through. There is no growth. There is no becoming better. Actually, there will be no champion without a challenge, isn't it? There will be no champion without a challenge. 
but I want us to still trust God. Can we close our eyes, please? And just think about everything in our lives that are not going well. Confessions and maybe fears or doubts or whatever is it is that we we trust in God for. Now I want you to make a resolve in your heart and say, God, I trust in you. I want to trust you for the rest of my life. I want to live with you. I want to be with you for I know you have good plans for me. I want you to say in your heart and say, God, help me to be stronger and to grow in faith. Help me to endure and bring out good in my life. God, help me to be determined to do what is good, to trust in you at all times. Help me to focus on you even when I am in pain, when things are not going right, or when things are going right. Help me to focus on you. For you deserve to be trusted. Will you repeat after me right now with a voice and say, Lord Jesus, I trust in you. Come in my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I don't want to live by myself. I don't want to control my own life. For I have no power to defeat the desires of my flesh. But Jesus, give me strength. Save my soul. I surrender to you and ask your blood to wash me, to cleanse me, to purify me. Today, I make a, ch a decision and a choice to follow you and trust in you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for inviting me into the family of God, the family of light and love. I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. If you made that confession for the first time and you mean it in your heart, wanting to receive Jesus, I would love you to see me at the end of the service today so that we can celebrate with you. But I want to pray for those who feel weak in their heart, in their, in their soul because of life and whatever is going through. I just want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we pray that may your will be done. And out of your will, Lord, we pray for your healing for our brothers and sisters. We pray for encouragement and strength for those who are weary and those who are weak because of life situations. Those who are afraid of tomorrow and future and life and how to do this and that. Father, we pray for strength in their souls. Strengthen us. Give us strength, Lord. May we stand strong in this time when everything is shaking. Thank you, Jesus, for you are God. In the name of the blessed Savior, we pray. Amen.